0: from the duck south studios in oxford mississippi
1: we're mass communicating it's a bold strategy cotton let's see if it pays off for them
0: <laughs> this is the end of the line podcast powered by DuckSouth.com.
2: i gave it a uh, a 10 a 10
1: sweep the leg you have a problem with that is... and now Here's your
0: host, Rocky LaFleur.
1: I bet you slice into the woods a
0: hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring, Josh Webb, Jake Latondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell.
1: Showtime. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks.
0: It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Join me on the other end of the line, the call maker, Mr. Josh Raggio. My good buddy from Colorado, Jake LaCondras. Guys, how are you? Great,
2: Rocky. Doing well. Glad to be here
0: again. Jake, blizzard conditions headed your way?
1: it is uh right now i'm I'm sweating <laughs> and uh tomorrow it's supposed to start snowing we're expecting three inches and in single digit temperatures which honestly in 29 years i've lived in in colorado uh i've never seen it get this cold this early it's not here yet but it's coming
0: i mean they're they're talking about Dropping all the way into upper 30s here this weekend, which we're a couple of days behind you. But Josh, you'll hit it even even colder than Oxford because you'll be up at Real Foot this weekend with the um, the get together that's that's happening at Real Foot this weekend.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at the weather. I think it's in the 80s when I get there Thursday, and then all of a sudden, lows 39, 38, 39 uh either friday Friday night, Saturday night, you know high right at fifty nine or sixty I can't wait to feel that. <laughs> I've been looking forward to that for a long time. <laughs> oh, I hate hot weather, man, golly, I hate it
0: you know you put the, the the thing that gets me about weather is you put that strong of a cold front in the spring of the year. all you hear about is tornadoes on the way. you put it in the fall not so bad i Mm -hmm. maybe i just don't have a concept of weather and how
2: it works (laughs) we have two of us
1: we have two guys in our duck camp right now that came up from south louisiana lafayette and uh we were standing out in the parking lot talking to them when they arrived yesterday and just talking about you know they're looking around like how different it is, the scene and the culture, you know, we're literally a real deal cowboy culture and they're real deal, you know, Cajun culture. And I, I, I was sitting there thinking about, they, were, they started complaining about they were cold. And I said, well, something I've learned about Louisiana and, and Nebraska is when you get together, the Louisiana people need not talk about how cold they are because they haven't even seen cold yet. And the Nebraska people need not talk about how hot they are because they have never seen that hot like South Louisiana.
2: (laughs) 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 That's the truth, Jake. That's the truth.
0: Well, Josh, a huge teaser came out last night. Uh, I guess it's it's the in, endless migration that is putting out a kind of a, a a webisode kind of documentary of of you and Raggio custom calls and then the relationship between you and your dad and you know for a teacher that thing had a lot of views
2: last night yeah I hadn't I hadn't looked at it or counted it but it was. Uh... Yeah, I think it did well between uh, myself and Endless. And uh, Delta Waterfowl is also, um, you know, sponsoring it back in it. And they put it out on their, their pages as well. So, yeah, I got a lot of just, I got a lot of fantastic feedback from it. Um, you know, while it is a, a personal story, and it's obviously very personal to my family, you know, I think it's very relatable at the same time to a lot of people. And and I got a lot of messages last night in regards to that. You know how, uh, you know, from the family side, whether it be their dad or you know their granddad or whatever, <laughs> just that two minute, that two minute trailer showed just enough of of kind of what the story is going to be. Uh, you know, the full length film that's going to come out in November. So, yeah, it's it was. I've been. It's one of those things, you know. Obviously, we 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 recorded it last year uh, during duck season and spent some days in the shop, some days in the field, and I didn't get to see it until, you know, fairly recently. And you know, I sent it to my parents, and you know, for us, it was a, you know, we just sat there and cried. It was. It's just such a. It's just so personal. But, Yeah. Great feedback and and lots of views so far. So,
0: it, it falls perfect with where this you know what we were not really planned but one of the biggest part of your stories is your dad it falls perfect with where we are as a podcast today in in all these episodes because you know, it's funny
2: that you say that cuz we had talked about last week talking about dad right in the pre right. pre show and all and it just didn't It didn't pan out. We got on other topics, and at that point, I didn't wasn't one hundred percent sure we were going to release it last night. I knew it was coming up soon, and so, you know, yeah, the the timing of it just worked out. So I'm glad we talked social media last week and marketing and everything else, and are able to touch on this today.
1: I think I think the timing of it is is really relevant to even more than more than just you know. This, this microcosm, I think it's, you know, there's a big picture out there that's developing. A lot of talk. Rocky and I had a talk about some of it this morning. I've had a talk with, had talks with several people about, you know, the direction of, of hunting based around social media and really that, that it's disconnection, the disconnect that has been gaining from the personal level of you know what we love to do so much in hunting and 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 i think what what's about to be released in this video and your trailer is so important because it goes back to the roots it goes back to the heart exactly. and soul of why you started
0: exactly
1: i get emotional yeah. because because it's hard for two reasons it makes you know makes you look back and think about why you started you know and and who influenced you if it was your dad or your uncle or whatever it was and how much that means to you and also get emotional because it kind of it kind of be honest with you it kind of pisses me off because we were losing that and I don't want to lose that because it's so important because this is more than just money and games and and you know, cordwood stacks of birds and photos and all that, and and how big your buck is and all this, and how cool your bow is and all this stuff, you know, it's a heritage. And when I was a kid, you know, and I'm sure you feel the same, you guys feel the same way. I mean, this is a, it's a privilege and it's an honor to be a hunter and i think i think we've, we're losing that that part of the heritage and and i think this video is going to help bring you know bring that back to light i mean there's a lot of people talking about it, especially people our age and your video is going to help facilitate that along i believe that
2: thanks jake i <clears throat> i really hope so um you know the the one thing about it is there's so many aspects to the story that um I think it's going to pull at a lot of people. Um, there's, it's going to be emotional. It's going to, it's going to make you want to cry, and then it's going to make you want to laugh, and then, you know, hopefully you just have a big smile on your face at the same time, because uh, cause there's, you know, you know he got he got obviously um, most people know you know that he was he got sick, and then you know I can't give away the whole story, uh, but you know he's you know he pulled through and uh and the story of that though that whole process or that whole uh time frame it's about a four about a three to four year window there that we really hit on uh that influenced not only um you know our family from his illness but then influenced partly you know my career choices and and uh you know different things like that that affect my everyday life all because if you go if you if you back up to the to where you were just talking about Jake because he took me duck hunting the very first time and so uh you know that that's that's the challenge of uh you know that was the challenge for Jake and uh jake Terry and and you as a videographer and, and you guys that do what you do is is how do you tell that story in so many minutes and i I can't wait to to see it all put together, um, but you're right. I mean, we're, we're losing, we're losing the heritage part. We're losing the, uh, or it seems like we are. Maybe sometimes it's just the social is so in front of us and in our face that we don't see the dads taking the young ones uh, just out in the woods to squirrel hunt for the first time, just to introduce them to the woods. Much less put on waders and 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 you know go duck hunting. Um, and, and we certainly don't need to lose that. Like you say, uh, it, it needs to get away from who killed the biggest buck and has the biggest stack of ducks. Um, it's, it's not a contest. It's a heritage. Dude, tell
0: my, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to tell my personal story, an encounter with Mr. Raggio, because I've said way before you ever thought about being on a podcast, There was a royal family in the waterfowling world, the Ragios would be part of it just because of what they represent. Back up the story a minute. You know, Josh talked a little bit about his dad um, in foundational parts, talked about his mom being an artistic influence on who he is, having that, that influence. Let me say this, first person I ever met when I went to a radio call night, is Mr. Ronnie. And you'll never forget when you meet him. He will never forget you when he meets you. Um he laid a lasting impression on me. That first time I met him. You, you just know when somebody's just Great guy. Take you fast forward a little bit. Next time I see him, uh Josh and I are judging the Mississippi State and regional Southeast Regional duck calling contest. And in I, I knew that Mr. Raggio was sick. We you have to watch the video to get all those details, but I knew he was sick, but oh man, I hate to say this just knew it wasn't good knew it wasn't good at all that day that he came in a wheelchair into the calling contest that day fast forward again you know well here's a little story in between my dad died from um conditions with his liver and I always look back on that as I don't think that I ever prayed for my dad enough. And I made a pledge when I found out that Mr. Raggio had uh, was that sick that I was going to pray constantly for Mr. Raggio. And I, I I think I called you on January first week of January Josh. Mm-hmm. I'd seen where he'd gotten a transplant and man, you talking about a just a
1: huge
0: God ah, I felt good for somebody that, that that you know that to know that he was healed mm-hmm. and show up next year for the call the call contest. I'm walking up I'm not a hugger at all. I'm not a hugger. And I walk up, there's a group of guys standing there talking, and your dad recognized my voice when I was speaking. Somebody turned around, and dude, it was like seeing an angel or something. Man, I hugged him like I've never like like you would hug your mom or something. Yeah, you know, he just an awesome guy, and I've always said in my mind, without saying it out loud, that. One of the reasons that you're so successful, yeah, you're good at making calls. You have a lot of niches niches that nobody else is doing in the call making industry. One of the main reasons people buy your call is how much you believe in relationships. At the end of the day, that's what this life, is about and you got that from your dad because he's a firm believer in that man just look at the good grief that the group that rallied around him the influence that he had on all those people man they love him everybody does yeah
2: yeah you know that whole and you'll see in the story but that whole that whole uh transplant process was just was literally a miracle um he probably read at delta waterfowl where you it was a chance meeting I was at a delta waterfowl banquet and the guy comes up to me and introduces himself and it turns out to be one of the uh he was one of the best friends of the head liver transplant doctor at u m c and we had just not gone to u m c yet and they were actually hunting together uh when he messaged me and just to see if we would be interested in talking with him, And, you know, I'll I'll leave it at that, but it it was, you know, if I, if I, I don't ever start making calls, that guy never comes up and introduces himself to me. And we're we're probably having a very different discussion today than we actually are. Uh, That's a little side, side sidetrack there. I know what you were talking about is, Relationships, and yeah that's you know my dad forever has worked with people in the psychology world uh majority of the time he actually worked with babies you know three years and younger that had disabilities um anything from Down syndrome to m s or and he would work with the with the with the babies, but he also you know would work with the parents and kind of start preparing them for what's coming up in life and and how to handle it in different situations and, and that type of thing. It's called early EIP, early intervention program. And, you know, you, you, you can't, you got to have a special heart, special personality um, to go in and do that day in and day out and continue to see all the good, in life you know because you're you're dealing with some very tough situations on a daily basis and he he was just he's programmed to do that and it i think like you're saying i think it translates and shows out you know outside of our family and his work to everybody so i really haven't you know personally i haven't really ever thought of me being you know, necessarily that way, I think. And I know he doesn't think himself, I guess, you know, that way. It's just, it's just who we are. Thankfully, now that I hear you say it, um, I wouldn't want to be any, any, any way else. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my dad. I mean, he's just. uh, One more personal account.
0: And I know Jake, Jake wants to jump in here. So we were at the call shop last year. We were having, or Josh was having a book, Dedication for um, Justin okay. Harrison there at the shop and stop by there. Now, the time, you know, we, we're involved in 4-H and people say, oh, hey, where are you going to, I'd love to stop by there and see you guys with, with the animals, showing animals. Well, not only did Mr. Raggio, and none of them ever actually do it. You know, you tell them and nobody ever fulfilled that. Mr. Raggio did. He asked me, hey, where, where are you going to be showing what time, blah, blah, blah. I'd like to come check that out. Sure enough, about 10 o'clock that morning, here comes Mr. Miss Raggio, sitting on the sidelines, cheering my kids on. That's what kind of guy he is. Awesome man. Yeah, that's
2: that's him. Yeah, You know, my, you know I, I'm fortunate I've I've grown up with it. I get to see it and be around it every day. Um, you know, he's very quiet. My dad is not, you're not going to, he's not going to walk into a room and be the loudest guy in there. He's probably going to be the most quiet guy in there, actually, when it comes down to it.
0: <clears throat>
2: and he doesn't mind crowds, but he's just not that, he's just not that guy. You know, he's just uh, very humble, and that's what—that's uh, what humble people do, right? Yeah, they listen. Yeah,
1: they listen, and they—they—they they, they listen a lot, and they speak very little. When they do speak, it means something,
2: right? There's something behind every word he says.
1: We should—we should have a class on how to be a dad or how to be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Because, you th- you know, you talk about people like your dad. And, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about my dad, thinking about other wise, influential men in my life. And, and <clears throat> you know, I think about myself and my son and what kind of influence I want to be to my son and all these things. And I'm sitting there going, man, <clears throat> it's so important whether it's hunting or whatever, you know, whatever it is, it's so important to be that influence. And, you know, I, this has all reminded me of this past weekend. I was up in Nebraska at Prairie Rock and I had my son with me and I got about 30% of all the work that I needed to get done up there done because my son, I had to be patient with my son. And while he wanted to be there, he was, you know, he, he, he also didn't want to be there at times. Like, it was either too hot, or he was bored, and because we were working and this and that, and and I was sitting there thinking, you know, at night and and during the downtimes, or even when I had to react to him, I was thinking about, okay, how is this going to affect him later in life, and how is this? What, what's it? What, I have a I have a, an opportunity here to be that guy, to be that dad. And to raise, you know, this is it. Like I was sitting there looking at what you're looking at now. You're foreshadowing what I was thinking about the day before yesterday with my son. He's five years old. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is it. This, I'm literally looking at a moment that is pivotal to my son. I can either get frustrated and tell him to go get in the truck and drive away and go do, you know, just do it my way or, Or I can put down what I'm doing and go pay attention to him and give him what he needs right now to, to help him love what we're doing. And, and so that's what I chose to do. And honestly, what was going through my mind are things that you're talking about, things in the, in your video, the things that, you know, our, our, our conversation, the direction it's going in that, this is what I want. I want my son to have this conversation about me, you know, 30 years from now. And man, it's just so important and it means so much. That's why I get emotional about all this. I think that's why everyone else is going to get emotional and relate to your video, your, you and your dad's video so well is because it, we all know at the end of the day, you peel all the commercialism and all this other stuff away from it all. And this is what it's really all about. And, 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 you know, Rocky and I talked about this earlier, you know, people like your dad or maybe he does or he doesn't, but, you know, when your dad moves on into the next world, like our dads have, you know, the people that show up, you know, to, to his funeral or the people that show up to our funeral, that defines really what your life was about because, because, You know, you're either going to have an empty, an empty, you're either going to have an empty funeral or you're going to have a a packed house. And I personally, I want to have a packed house. And I would imagine that your dad is going to, you know, one day that day comes, he's going to have a packed house because he touched people the way that he did.
2: He will. And no doubt in my mind that that he will. Yeah. I tell you, I had one of those moments, Jake, this week. um, My son is two. And my dad got him a, a little, you know, John Deere fishing pole and they have been working on mm-hmm. casting and all cause they, he keeps them every now and then. And I took him fishing for the first time and we caught our first fish the other day, two years old. So that's one of those things that you just, you know, I have a picture of me about the same age and, you know, dad was where I caught my first fish. So just one of those mm-hmm. moments that you're just proud of as a dad, you know, let me ask you this. So can you, <clears throat> we're talking about humility and, um a level of of you know class i think yeah, are those things are those things taught or are they just natural to who you are and your personality because i just see i see so much i guess i could use the word word class um or classlessness like is that a is that a product of of just to who, who you are um you know kind of just like those people who just wake up on the wrong side of the bed or is it taught a byproduct of your past or what is it i
1: think it's i think it's an inherited an inherited traditional character trait that may not there. it may start with DNA, but I think that it's something that's handed down because if I go back and look, I go back and look at, I look at my son, I look at me and I look at my dad and I look at my grandfather, mm-hmm. I look into my family tree, all these people, all these, all these, my, you know, my, my family tree and lineage would, would tell you that all these people were that way. They—that's how they—that's how I raised their son, and that's how they raised their son. So I think it becomes part of an in, innate uh, process. But I don't know. I—I th- I think it, it's handed down, and where it started, you know, maybe it is. Maybe there are people that are just born good people, and that's where it started, and it just gets handed down. And other people are born, you know with a different attitude in life I don't know that's a really great question now, who should we ask <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't I would know I agree like it's, I don't know I don't know because there's so many different parenting styles mine were you know the, I was just the kind of kid that didn't have to get you know whooped with a belt every day I was just I wanted to I never wanted to disappoint you know but my best friend was just the opposite. He was just just you know, he got whooped every day. Um mm-hmm. but he's he's turned out to be very humble, very, you know, I'd say we're we're a lot alike, just kind of low key, quiet guys. Um I don't know. I was just curious. I wanted to hear y'all's insight on that. I think a lot has to do with the environment. Ton has to do with the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree hundred percent hundred percent,
0: but hey, one of the quotes in the in the trailer, you know Josh Criswell made a post last night. that quote is circulating around the internet.
1: Mm-hmm. How can
0: you tell your kids to follow their dream when you're not following yours yeah. I mean that that's not. Probably not a hundred percent accurate, but you, you've said that on the podcast
2: also. Yeah. I mean, it hit me Say it again, say it again, Josh. I I looked in the mirror one day and, and asked myself, how are you going to be able to tell your kids to follow their dreams if you don't have the guts to do it? That's it.
1: That's strong, man. bold statement.
2: Well, let me tell you if you say strong. it the better. Uh, yeah, I mean it it really it really hit me. Um I have my little girl right now, super artistic and you know she at 7 wants to be an artist and that's going to change, you know, but maybe, I don't know, but you know, if she wants to do that, then she can look at Daddy and may say, not, <laughs> may not, may right. not.
1: My dad told but me I, one time when I was her age. I remember I was at a trade show with my dad, and he was we were he was talking to one of his associates, and he said, he said, I don't know what he were talking about his, their children and whatnot. He, I remember, man, I remember saying, I don't know exactly what what my son's going to do, but I guarantee it's going to have something to do with art. And, and, and I think, you know, I think that's something that's, there's, there's, there's validity to that. And if your daughter's into it, I mean, that to me is DNA. You know, there's art, obviously art in your, in your genetics. And I think if your daughter's showing it now, she's, there's, who knows what it's going to be, but I'll bet you, just based on what my dad said about me i'll bet you if she's that into it that whatever she ends up doing that's one that's her natural talent and she's always going to lean on that somehow
2: whatever it is yeah i you know i hope so and i'm going to support it that's that was the the meaning behind that that quote was right so when they get to when they get older and they're looking at you know decisions that they've got to make. They've got to go left or right. Come to a fork in the road, and it's a tough decision. I came to that fork, you know, a couple years ago, basically. And I mean, as a parent, as a dad, I've got to, I've got to live what I'm telling them, and you know, and, and that's that's what I'm doing. So that was the that was the meaning behind the quote.
0: What your dad? You say? To, when you told question. him
2: that I was going to quit my job and be a full-time call maker? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were. I went. Uh, you know, we've we've been through this story, but I went straight over to their house and told my, called my wife and said, me, you know, "Meet me and my parents." and said, "We got a, we got a very serious discussion that we we've got to have as a whole family." And I uh, pulled up and. <clears throat> hadn't given them any details on the way other than we've got to have a discussion so they were wondering what the heck's going on and that was uh right after i'd kind of gotten that last sign at work that it was it was time to make a change and and i told him i said i'm i'm about to you know type up my resignation letter and we're you know i'm about to be a full-time call maker and it I, at first i think there was some um, at very first like a few minutes of a little bit of uh, parenting right now. Are you sure? Have we looked at all, you know, the security part of it, right? Because they're looking at my two kids and my wife and, and they're, they're making sure I'm not making an emotional decision that I'm making a a logical thought through, but also there's emotion tied into that. But after we, you know, we talked for a few minutes, it was no doubt. in anybody in that, that room, there was no doubt that it was the right decision to make. And it was 100% on board the whole family when I left the house that day and went to type my resignation letter up. They're extremely supportive. and still are. I mean – Do you think
0: mm-hmm. – I'm going to ask you even crazier. What do you think would have – you would have went in and – outside of your wife.
1: Mm-hmm
0: got nothing but negative feedback. Mm -hmm. And the end of this question is, do you think that we can
1: speak?
0: I hear preachers talking about it all the time. Our tongue has so much control over who we are and what people are. You know, you, you could have went into that meeting that day and then tore you a new one. Are you nuts? Are you crazy? You know, yeah. Or the, it could have gone the way that you said, and that by them speaking that it encourages us, or encourages encouraged you to do your best. Yeah, you you get what I'm saying. What if you would have went in there in another scenario? They would have just told you, "Man, you're crazy. You're nuts." What? The, I'm not saying you're probably your position in life or your finance, finances wise. But do you think that you would ever question that? Maybe I did the wrong thing.
2: Mm. <clears throat> it would have made it a lot tougher. I knew, I knew I knew personally it was the right decision. You know, I needed uh, you know my wife's blessing on it and certainly wanted my parents to be on board. Uh, just because I look up to them so much and value their opinion, um, so I don't know if you're asking if I still would have done it or not.
1: I probably no, 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 no.
2: No, but the, the sp- end
0: all. Yeah, the end all question is: I see so many parents. You, you you see it every day. You know, we 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 speak a lot into existence into our kids' lives by what we say. I'm not saying you were a kid. You're a grown man. You, you were probably going to be successful with it, you know, with you and your wife on board. But a lot of things, our, our parents can have a lot of influence in us by, by what they say. You can speak, just like the Bible says, you can speak blessings into their lives or curses. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but I think you know, sometimes you're, your parents are your parents, and and they they don't ever stop being that. And I think they, I think they offer positive and negative influence when they see fit. This just happened to be one of those situations where it was very positive, and uh, there was no. Um, it's just a very good situation as, as a family. You know, uh, at the end of the day.
1: I have to. I'd like to chime in on that because I didn't get that same kind of support. My mother did, and my sisters did, but my dad did not support me. And my dad was a, a fine individual, hardworking. You know, came from the World War II era, the the red, white, and blue America generation. <clears throat> you know, the, the what Tom Brokaw calls the last last great American generation, and when I decided to leave home, and that was a little different because I left the family business to go pursue my own my own direction in life. I didn't have that support and it hurt. There was something within that hurt that wanted me, not from a not from a spiteful perspective, but from a probably stemming from all the times that I, I made my dad proud you know, as an athlete or as an artist or whatever it was when I was a kid made me want to prove my dad wrong so that he would be proud of me again, even as a grown man. And yeah. and, and it was very difficult for me to feel liberated and completely let my hair down and open myself up to vulnerability and, and take high risks to achieve my goals when my dad was still around and and to be honest with you this is the 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 you know the brutal honesty of the, of my situation i honestly didn't feel liberated until my dad passed away and i hurt like deeply when my dad died but i was also free and that's really when my adult life truly started and i was able to move on because I didn't have that I didn't have that you know I wasn't doing it for him anymore I was doing it for myself and I think that was you know the opposite I mean you know the question that Rocky asked you it made me think about okay what is what what the other side of that fence is like and I went through that and it's very difficult i can, I can tell you right now it's very very difficult if you don't have your family's approval and support I guess what I'm trying okay. to say is
0: <laughs> if if their opinion matters that much when we're adults, for all the dads that's listening to this, and listen, I am by any means not the world's greatest parent. I probably suck at it. But, and imagine what our opinions mean to them when they're small and they're looking up to us as that giant figure. That wow. greater than thou, you know, person to them. Man, our, uh, what I'm saying is our tongue controls so much. You know, it, it's huge. And our opinions control so much influence. You may not see it, but it's there deep down to your kids, to your wife, to the people around you. I really started paying attention to to what I say on this on this podcast because I have feedback come to me through messages all the time. Gosh. When you don't mean something the way that it comes out. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. Or, or the way or, that, that it's interpreted it, because people right. interpret it different ways. I mean – You know, when five people sit down and have a conversation, you walk away from it. You know, two people may take the same thing away from it. The other three people may have completely different, you know, perceptions as to what they just heard and how they're going to react to it when they react to it. You know,
0: I think that you two guys gave two great pictures of both ends of the spectrum. Still are very successful. But you know one came earlier on because of you know the opinion when you were wanting to step out that father's opinion because it means a lot to our kids
2: i was gonna that's what I was gonna say, Rocky was you know I mean, I'm almost forty years old consider myself a grown man but i still and i don't i don't need or want to hear it every day but i still work so hard for my parents approval yeah. for for them to say just out of the blue you know i mean it's like this film and all these are big deals you know it's easy to say it's awesome and you know this and that and the other but like just a regular day when things you know there's nothing big happening for for them to say hey you know we're 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 pretty proud of you we've we've watched all this happen and you know watched it evolve and how it's you know grown and built and and then getting into doing it you know full time like we're, we're proud of of you as as a person as as our son you know your family I don't know, you know, I, I think all human beings kind of yearn for that approval, whether it be from your parents or, or, you know, someone else close to you. And, and if you hear it every day, then it doesn't mean as much, but every now and then I'll get that from one of them. And it just, I mean, there's nothing that makes my day more than to hear something like that. Yeah. Man, you know,
1: what I said earlier, what I said earlier about, about my dad, I want to make a clarification too. And that is, I think the disapproval came from him because he was disappointed because he set his business up for me to take over. And, and that was, that was very disheartening and, and disappointing for him knowing that there was no one left to really, truly take it, you know, to the next level or take it where, his dream and vision was so. I don't want to paint this picture that my dad was, you know. Uh,
0: no, and I, I hope an, I uh, did
1: unsupportive. No, no, not no, a, a, a non-supportive parent because he was very supportive. But that was a disappointment. And I look at my son constantly everything he asked me man right now he's at that age where he's constantly asking questions dad where do clouds come from why is that why is that green What what is that when are you what how do you die why why did your dad die like this it's just constant questions i'm sitting there going man these are again these are i'm i'm staring it down the barrel of being an influence to my son because he does look up to me. He'll just walk up and grab me by the, like, hug me around the leg and go, Dad, I love you. And that tells you there that he looks up to you. And if you don't provide that, that leadership, you know, and support that you're talking about, <clears throat> then they're going to go look, look for it somewhere else. And, 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 you know, the, the proof in the pudding is that here you are at almost 40 years old. And you're still, you know, you the day your parents or your dad comes up and pats you on the back and says, "Man, that was a you did a really great job today." Or I see you working hard, and these rewards are coming, son. You just be patient. You're taking his word as gospel, and at the same time, you know you're going back in time, and it's almost like when you hit when you you know you scored a run in Little League Baseball, and your, your dad comes to the dugout and pats you on the back and says, good job, son. It's the same exact feeling and the same exact emotional influence that you're getting, and that's what pushes you, you know, deep down inside the innate ability to continue pushing forward and to continue getting better is driven by mm-hmm. that influence, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people have a coach, sure. like – you look at you look at guys that play high levels, you know, athletics. Say say a, a you know a, a, a kid that comes from a ghetto that goes and plays at the University of Alabama, and then ten years later he's talking about how Nick Saban, you know, was like a father figure to him, and everything he does now is still goes back to. You know, the, the talks and conversations and the support he got from his head football coach in college or high school, whatever it was, it's 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 the same thing. It's so important. Like you said earlier, Rocky, for those of you that are listening that are dads, I hope this sinks in and resonates. And I'm sure just because we're all hunters and a lot of people that listen to this podcast are heritage driven. They're old you know, a lot want they want old school. They want old you know, genuine, organic stories, and that tells you what kind of, you know, people and listeners you have, and I think most of them probably are good dads, but, you know, everyone needs to listen to this and let this sink in, because, I mean, we are the most important people in our children's lives, and our because and we know that because our parents are the most important people in our lives.
2: Absolutely. Get them outside. Take them hunting. Talk to him.
0: Yeah, just like Jake said, yeah. talk to them.
1: Get down on your knees at eye level, so that they're not looking up at you, and you 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 come across as being an intimidating figure. Get on your knees, and put your arm around your your child, and, and say, "I'm listening. I'm listening, son," or "I'm listening, daughter," and and listen to them, and, and then give them the feedback that they need. To follow along because they're looking for answers they're totally looking for answers and and you listened to your dad and and I, I mean I can only imagine the advice your dad and the talks you know the the quiet and, and calm talks that because you have a very calming demeanor about you Josh and and you describing your dad as being quiet and humble you know tells me everything I need to know about your relationship with your dad and that was probably a quiet and humble, uh, um, you know, message-driven childhood that you had with your dad, um, which is why you are, you know, who you are today. Yeah. Thanks,
2: Jake. I... <clears throat> or,
1: or are you going to go, nah, appreciate actually, it. <laughs> he beat the crap out of me and <laughs> screamed at me every day.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, you know,
0: <laughs> it was
2: just twice a week, usually, but no. <laughs> no man, it was uh you know, and I take some of that. Is, you know, no, nobody's perfect, and so you know, you look at, at your parents and their parenting style and how how they they raise you, and you learn some things also that maybe like you you want to do different. um And like you say, he's he's very quiet and that demeanor that he has. You know, oftentimes I, I guess I wish that, and he's going to listen to this, and we'll have a discussion about it, but. You know, oftentimes I wish he maybe opened up a little more. And, um, but he was such a listener. Like he just takes it all in, you know, and I'm such a listener and I take it all in. And so when you get two guys that are, just, <laughs> that, that don't just love to talk, to talk, you know, that it's, uh, our conversations are usually very, uh, very strong and, and important. Um, but I've, I oftentimes wish that it was it was a little more, and so I've taken that um you know kind of towards my kids as far as um you know even though I am quiet and I'm much like him i I try to open up a little bit more to them and we'll but it is it takes it it's a conscious effort that I have to make to do that, and we'll continue to try to do that as they get older um he was always there or still is, you know, for uh, any advice I needed and everything. But, um, you know, that's one thing that I, that I would take away because we're such – I mean, we're just both such sit down and let's listen to somebody else's uh, issues or whatever they have going on and offer advice or whatever that oftentimes our our conversations kind of lead to that too. Um, but, then, you know, the that's the not a not a bad character trait at all.
1: No, not at all. I mean, I'd much rather be around – someone that's quiet than, than someone that's over, over v- verbose. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I got a question that comes out of that.
2: Okay. That All right.
1: when, when you and your dad, and this could, you could answer it from when you were five years old, when you were 20 years old, and now when you're almost 40 years old, when you and your dad are in a room and it's really quiet, do you, are you, are you at a point because of the, you know that that quietness that you were around your whole life, are you wondering, are you sitting there thinking, are you wondering what your dad's thinking,
2: or is quiet
1: just, that's just, you're used to it,
2: because that's the way it's always been? No, I'm always wondering what he's thinking, 100% yeah, of the that's time. What, 100% that's what of the time. And I think that's why I try to open up a little more, um, it's just because, just because of that, like, uh, mm-hmm. not everything in my head needs to be said, obviously, but, um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always wondering what's on his mind. Cause he keeps to himself a lot, you know, and I do the same. And so I try to, I know how, how, how being on the other side of that is, it can be frustrating sometimes, you know? Um, so, so I work on that constantly, um, mm-hmm. to open up more. Hence my, you know, like this podcast. This is a little out of the ordinary for me to open up and tell my stories and my thoughts and, you know, different things. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm always wondering. Were you the same way with your dad, or was he pretty vocal?
1: No, my what, dad what was. was on my mind. dad was. Yeah, he was. My dad was brutally honest, and and I'm I'm actually brutally. <laughs> my my <laughs> my very closest friends know that. Like when they hear this. And I and I say that I'm brutally honest. They're gonna they're they're gonna laugh and go, "Oh, that's an understatement." <laughs> um, but and, and I get that from my dad because I think that comes from you know explanations from my dad saying, you know, if you don't speak your mind, no one knows what you're thinking, and if something's going wrong and you don't say it, then 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 how can you complain about the something you know the continuation of something going the wrong direction if you don't if you don't say it you can't change it and so or stop it or start it or whatever it is so that's where I get that from but I also think sometimes you know I stick my foot in my mouth and 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 think that you know brutal brutal honesty while I truly believe in it I don't necessarily think it's always the right way either because I I hurt people's feelings sometimes and I don't mean to. I'm just being honest. I think I saw a meme the other day. Let me think of what it said. It said, Oh gosh. Hold on. I I took a screenshot of it. I'm going to bring it up on my phone. Yep. Here it is right here. It says truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. And yeah, and that's something that when i saw that i was like i'm screenshotting that and the next time someone complains about me being brutally honest i'm gonna text that to him.
2: <laughs> i'm gonna write that um, so i have all these little quotes on my wall that i'm gonna write uh, that on my wall jake i like it well don't quote me
1: on it because i didn't make it up i just, I just it. <laughs> nope we're putting
2: your name under
1: it big bold letters
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, but i the reason i asked you that question if you if you wonder what your dad's thinking because there's, you know, I, I used to do the same thing, but I used to wonder what my dad was thinking because I was constantly wanting his approval, and if he wasn't saying something, I was wondering, if is, is he disappointing to me, or is he happy with what I'm doing? Am I doing this the right way? Is he thinking about what I'm, you know, I was, all these things are running through my head. So now as a father, when my when it's quiet with my son, I always, I, all, or my all my children, I say, what are you thinking right now? Like what, what just stop what you're doing and tell me exactly what you're thinking right now. And my son is always very responsive. Like, well, I was thinking about like the other day, he just brought up kinetic sand. And I was like, what the hell is kinetic sand? And where did you get that word? So I know my son is a deep thinker. You can just tell my daughter on the other hand says, I don't know. And I go, well, you have to know something. You had to be thinking something. And she's two years older than he is, but she's not as profound. She's lovely and she's very intelligent, but she's not as profound as my son is in terms of silent thinking. And, and and again, the whole reason I ask them these questions when it's silent is because I want them to know that they can always ask me what's on my mind or ask anyone what's on their mind when it's quiet. because. I used to wonder and feel insecure about what my dad was thinking when it was quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Does that make totally, sense? I re- yeah, I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. I can okay. relate to that for sure. For sure. Rocky, I started asking him the uh, question that you posed the other day, the, the best, the worst part of your day. And it, I've gotten some, just like you predicted some very interesting <laughs> answers. so far. <laughs>
0: You know, it's some life-teaching moments in those, uh, what's the worst thing that happened to you today? Because if you're not talking to them about this now, when they're establishing that foundation in their life, how are they going to handle it when they're an adult? And you're the reason they can't handle the little things now where they'll be able to handle the major ones later on. Right. Mm -hmm. I totally agree.
1: I had it may a, be that somebody a took
0: a toy from them at school today, and then, you know, when they're 30, somebody stole their car. Well, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Not, No, it's not the same level, but you know what I'm saying.
1: I had a client, a duck hunting client, years ago who was a stealth bomber pilot. And he, we were talking about kids. was way before I had children. And actually before I was even married, but I was asking him about parenting because he was venting about you know his his 16 year old at the time he was having issues with him and he felt like he spoiled his son and all this. and I said, well how do you handle all that? I mean what do you what do you do you know when your son makes a bad decision? And he said, well, I just ask him one question. And I say if if you make this decision, what are the consequences? And the most important question within those questions is, if if you make that decision, can you handle the consequences? And if the answer is yes, then make that decision. If The answer is no, then don't make that decision. And that that's that was been a long time ago, but it came from a pretty influential guy who I admired and looked up to as a you know as a as a career military guy and what he accomplished, but also was very aware of the things he was going through with his son and it it resonated with me. And I feel like even now, you know, 10 year, really probably 10 or 12 years later, it's something that I've held onto and I'm going to ask my, I'm going to, I'm going to teach my children the same series of questions before they start making decisions on their own.
2: I like that. Strong stuff, Jake. Strong stuff. Parenting is strong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> strong and exhausting at times.
0: I, I never imagined today going into the depth that we did, but hey, I'm glad we did. It's a lot of, lot of good wisdom in today's podcast. Thank you all for
2: bringing that to this podcast. I may have to... Uh might have to change the category of this one. <laughs> you can put it on
1: Take your kids hunting, let's get back <laughs> on track. Take your yeah. kids hunting, get them in the outdoors, show them the way because, you know, hunting hunting saves people's lives. Hunting gets people it's not killing, it's it's the act of hunting and being, you know, out in the outdoors and it just ta- it's hard to explain to people that don't hunt but it's like and it just takes your mind off of everything. And it gives you something enjoyable. It gives you something that you've done your whole life. If you teach your children at a young age and they they learn to love it and they become uh, hunters or outdoorsmen and sportsmen, you know, one day when they're going through hard times, even as teenagers, you know, it might save their life or it might just be that, that key ingredient that just helps. You know, give them confidence when they don't have confidence. So, take your kids hunting. I cannot even—I think all three of us would agree that it's—it's one of the most important things in our lives, and we want it to be one of the most important things in our children's lives. We want it to be one of the most important things in your children's lives.
2: Absolutely,
1: man.
0: And how you're influencing them while you're out there? Boy, I saw some. Yeah, I saw. I saw. Being a guide for 21 years, I saw a lot of people that had a lot of empty places deep down that they were, Ramsey and I talk about that empty spot a lot, that, uh, you know, always think back to some of those fathers that brought their sons and they had those empty spots and they were trying to fill it by dead ducks. Man, are their kids going to grow up to be like them? Mm-hmm.
1: They, Is they will answer answers, yes. Mm. Answer is yes, and you look at you. If you look at your buddies who hunt that you respect, and they respect the game, you can just see it in their face, man. And if you you know, if you look, if you know them, and you've known them for a long time, you know their dads influenced them. Their dads are the ones, or their uncles took them hunting. You know, probably. And God, I hope I don't get crucified for this or say the wrong thing. But again, just you know trying to be brutally honest here the people that don't do it the right way or in, in what i think is the right way probably were more influenced by their buddies who weren't doing it the right way or I agree with that. someone someone that didn't do it the right way they didn't learn they didn't learn it from the ground up and they're you know they're they're they just they it's they're just, they're, they look at it very differently than people that were raised by their fathers, you know,
2: hunt,
1: hunting yeah. or fishing or doing something outside.
2: That was part of why I posed that question to you earlier, Jake, about like the, you know, the, uh, the personality characteristic traits is like, so what makes a guy think that it's okay on public land to come in late, set up 50 yards from you? You know, don't don't be that guy. Don't be that dad that has your kid with you and, and teaches that that's okay. Because I mean, it's a lack of respect. We talk about respect for the game, but how about respect for people? You know, and and other hunters that are all out chasing the same thing, which is um, that experience of just being out there. And that whether you shoot a duck or not that day, that will totally ruin it. Maybe you have your kid, and you're the one that's sitting there, and somebody comes up on you. You know that's a that's a teaching lesson for for you, but who's in that other boat that just did it to you? You know, I mean, teach them better, teach them the right way, just teach them to be respectful.
1: That's that's right, and they're and they're going to do when they get older and they have children, they're going to teach their children the same thing. If that's why this goes full circle back to one of the earlier questions and and answers is that you know I think I think it's a tradition it's handed down I don't know where it started but it started you know not everyone's the same way it's something that just gets handed down and handed down and handed down because the emphasis of the importance of it all is is what means the most it's not the killing it's it's the learning and it's the the experience that you get when you're out there for sure Exactly.
0: exactly guys I've enjoyed it we are we are out of time what an awesome podcast thank you thank you. to both of y'all. Thank you for being here. Really, really That's enjoyed it. Cool. I want to thank all of you that listened to this edition of the in the time Podcast powered by DuckSouth.com